Come on, come on, gotta keep moving, gotta keep moving, got matches to get through. Yeah, that's what it seems like with AEW Dark. Now, I'd not seen AEW Dark for ages. I used to watch all the AEW stuff when it was first around, but I'd not seen it for many months. I was, it was brought to my attention when listening to an AEW Dynamite review by Wrestle Squawk or whatever they're called. It's a wrestling podcast. It's not as good as this one, obviously, but it's there. And they mentioned some of the feuds that were on Dark, so I thought I'd have a look. Particularly as I can't get into my Impact app. You'd usually be getting an Impact Wrestling review at this time. Can't get in there because they've updated the app. They can't migrate accounts over. Compensation meters ticking Impact. In fact, my whole subscription could be in danger if this carries on. Still, back to Dark. A two-hour show with three adverts for a little bit of the bubbly, which is back because the last lot sold out, with Excalibur and Taz having a really, really great time on commentary. Later on in the show, Excalibur says, we're having a little fun. Taz, speak for yourself. They're having a great laugh. They really enjoy working together, which is great. It's lovely to see. Particularly with some of the issues around Excalibur being excluded with the other two friends, Shivani and... Salty Jim Ross on Dynamite. So, you know, an Excalibur, great, great um, ring knowledge here. Really good commentator. And Taz, really great character. Nice to see as well. Joined later on by uh, Ricky Starks, who I love to see as well. Got the cocky heel going down. But here, 10 matches in the first hour. Ten. After that, 13 matches, all told, because they slowed down a little bit. But 10 matches, it's just, let's show you all the people we've got in AEW, because we can't feature them all on, that pro- on the other programme, and we've actually got a lot of wrestlers here. It's not a really slight and thin roster, like people say it is, particularly the women's side. We're going to give you loads of women's matches here as well. But because they do that, nothing really gets the time to grow. No one gets the time to get over. Some people are already over and are dipping from Dynamite to Dark for the moment. Some people will never get on Dynamite. Some people might, but not with a show like this. Because they just don't get the time to put themselves over or to get put over. Plus, you don't get any angles, which you you don't usually get that many in AEW anyway, but you don't get any time for anything to grow. It's match to match to match to match. Let's have a match. Let's have a graphic. Let's have a match. It's a bit odd. It seems really antiseptic. And in an empty Daly's Place Arena with only a few people around who are not really cheering but sort of clapping politely when when uh, wins happen and um, and moves are delivered it's a bit weird anyway let's give you some of the matches you open with a six man and if you're opening with a six man and it's going to be short then you've got Bishop King Joey Riley Sean Maluta versus the Gun Club so there's Colton and uh What's the other one? Um, and uh, and the dad. Yeah. And it's all right. It's okay. Nothing special. It, it went fairly quick. 
the Gold Club won. It was a bit of a ball. Joey O'Reilly is left um, at the side of the ring, or in the ring, should I say, to be brutalised by Lance Archer. Lance Archer. A monster. The murder hawk called Lance. That's like an undefeatable pit fighter called Nigel. Anyway, he did his bit, did his chat. Jake did his chat, trying to look um, interesting like he did in WWF. And it's not really working for him now, because he doesn't look that way. But he tries, and I'm all for his rehabilitation. Next, Travis Titan versus Ricky Starks. As announced, this opening contest... Okay. Starks knows what he's doing. He's a cocky heel, and I love his stick. He hits a nice backdrop. There's a sweet spear. We can really see it. it it's not brutal. It, it, it's really well placed. He wins nothing much. Oh, there was a sit-out avalanche, avalanche powerbomb for the pin. That's right. Good high move. Crowd silent. A rather good short match. Moving on, though, moving on. Joey Janela versus Marco Stunt with all their mates, Sonny Kiss and, and, the, and the Express. So, there's a nice brain buster from Joey Janelli, Joe Janella. There's a stunt Rana reversal and a dragon Rana on the floor. He injured his ankle at one point. I haven't got down here in my notes who won, because I think I might have zoned out. It was just too quick. Perhaps stunt won, maybe he did. Or did Janella win? Anyway, it doesn't really matter because they're not going to gain anything from it. It's just a way to show us who's there. Next, a little bit of a pause. Because it's Britt Baker. They're trying to push her. She's not on Dynamite very much at the moment, which is a shame. The role model is someone I really like. And she's got a new setup, an interview segment, The Waiting Room. It's set up like one. But Baker comes out, after Reba introduces her, and does a bit of... Um, late night American TV monologue and although the um, the material's not very good she delivers it rather like a pro which is great actually she finished that spot with everyone's reach under their chair no there's nothing there it's not that kind of show which is lovely there's pipe laughter here and that actually works it works to show the heel um, the heel cockiness and confidence they guess the th2 they seem like they got some scripted stuff at the beginning but as we go on they loosen up a bit and they call out kazarian and daniels those pair of pricks as they say that's great not bad at all actually not a bad little segment this and i'd like to see more of it but we've got another match quick keep going come on quick 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 Kazarian versus Griff Garrison. Griff comes out. He's a perennial dark after darker. Because I remember he was on in the early days. Looks a bit worried. Quite right. Should be with someone as fantastic as Kazarian. Kazarian kind of messes with him a bit. So Garrison stands up to him. Hits him with an elbow strike. And a big boot from the face. There's a flapjack from, from, um, from Garrison. But Kazarian fires back with a slingshot cutter. And a reverse DDP, DDT, I keep saying DDP. God, if he was there, he wouldn't be able to stand the pace, I don't think. Anyway, a reverse DDT for the pin. Another meh match to the women's match. Rana Victoria versus Penelope Ford. 
This is just here to show that Penelope Ford can do some wrestling. She puts Victoria down immediately with a huge big boot to the face. Then a handspring back elbow is missed by, by Penelope. She does hit a handspring cutter, but you know, Victoria really, really helps her. You can see her jumping into it, and that's not ideal. Finishes with a fisherman suplex and a high bridge for the pin. Of course, for Ford, another meh match. But no time to catch your breath, because now we've got Brandon Cutler, who is on a streak. And some of these matches, they see they've told the wrestlers clearly to say, to be very excited about being on a three or four match winning streak, because that helps with those rankings. And I like that. So Brandon Cutler versus Rising. Rising looks interesting, and I'd like to see more of his um, of his shtick, because he's got a sort of demon preacher gimmick. And I would like to see that. It's a little bit Daniels when he was first around, you know? Um, so yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more than that, but we don't get a chance here, really. Cutler has got a dragon's head on. There is no other way to say it. It's not as good as the demon preacher thing, to be honest. And actually, they gel. But the match isn't long enough. Rising shows that he's got some good moves here. And in the end, Cutler wins. A a TPK, both knees. From Cutler, he picks up the win. And holds the three fingers up. It's a a three-win streak. Peter Avalon, who has been repackaged, of course still has elements of the librarian shush in there. He's on his bed and he's getting very angry. We'll see more of him later. Sadly, this would have been a good match. This could have been something a bit special. They really worked well together, but we just weren't given enough time. Another match. Here we go. Tisha Price versus Layla Hirsch. Now, Layla looks like she's got a low centre of gravity. She's quite stocky. She looks like a kind of MMA fighter. And really, she showed quite a lot here. They locked up, and Hirsch just stepped back to enable her to pull Price right onto her face. That was very nice. Hirsch also hit a wacky Katami, um, and then kicked the arm, and then rolled Price over with that arm, which is very nice. At one point, Price tried a cartwheel into the corner and didn't seem to be able to do it, and just sort of collapsed. And um, Excalibur was ha- had to say, I don't know what that was, Taz stayed a bit quiet about that. So Hirsch just thought, enough of that. Suplexed her out of her boots. Then a lovely moonsault from the ropes and a cross arm breaker for the tap. Hirsch looked fabulous here. She's kind of like a Ronda Rousey um, type character and really should be pushing her because I don't think there's anybody else like her in that women's division, which they're pushing tonight to say, look how many women we've got. But they need to be good, don't they? However, Hirsch is. Fancy another match? Not tired out yet? Okay, TNT versus Jurassic Express. TNT, Terence and Terrell. See what they did there? This is good work, you see. Now, Luchasaurus is going to be the big man here. It's going to be hard to get off his feet, and he is. It's a big chop early on, a vertical suplex, and just throws Terence. He then hits a roundhouse kick and Terence bails and does a killer bee spot where his brother comes in, throws him under the ring and takes over. Very nice. Hits a belly to belly in there on Jungle Boy. But there are two massive Jungle Boy clotheslines because you can't put that man down. I love his work. 
He's got energy. He's got some power. He's got the moves. If only he had a bit more charisma. But anyway, he hits the crossface. There is a tap. There's also no noise. By this time, I suspect everyone was just tired out. You know, and I felt a bit like that too. But we've got no time to rest because now we've got D3 and Angel Fashion versus the Acclaimed, who are thought to be a big tag team coming up. Difficult because the tag team ranks are so full in uh, in AEW. But D3 is in what can only be called a plastic gladiator outfit. The kind of thing you would get for a small child for Christmas. Anyway, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster are the acclaimed and they come out in a quite interesting way. So Bowens um, poses and Caster raps. It's a rap takedown. You couldn't even get booked for your family portrait, etc, etc. It does sound a bit John Cena, but he can do it better than John Cena. Mind you, I think even William Rees-Mogg could rap better than John Cena, or even Joe Biden, for instance. Anyway, it's not a bad match. Not bad at all. There is uh, a caster backdrop on the apron to Angel Fashion. Angel Fashion. And a lovely double-team hanging neckbreaker onto Bowen's knees. That is really good to see. Fast, really well done. D3 takes a hanging neckbreaker into a tilt-a-whirl DDT, the latter looking brutal and really nasty. But of course the acclaimed win, although D3 did look like he had some moves here. Angel fashion, not so much. Finisher is the acclaimed fireman carry to a dropkick and a dump onto the ring. Not that kind of dump. And the acclaimed win. Would you like a cup of tea? Or a cup of coffee? We ain't got time! It's Alex Gracia versus Ivelisse. Alex Gracia has good driving rock music and is good in the ring. She's all pinky, she's all perky, they jaw together. Ivelisse has a head scissors, won't give it up. There is a nice 619 and a senton from Gracia, Gracia. But you know that Ivelisse is going to win because they won that cup which didn't mean anything quite a few months ago and she comes out with Diamante to show that do you remember that cup when we did that tournament that was a woman's tournament remember that in the end it's an Ivelisse very nice flatliner a roll through and a kick for the finisher and there you go it's zero and two for Gracia but Ivelisse moves on to another women's match now. And this should be better because it's Thunder Rosa versus Lindsay Snow, who is very tattooed. But it's not a good match. Because Thunder Rosa doesn't start that quickly. Needs time to, to get through the match and to work through it. Doesn't get time at all. She wins. The only things of any interest are a snow low gut wrench suplex and a rather nasty back elbow and sit out Thunder Driver for the Thunder Rosa pin. This is saying, if you're saying this is the approaching person in the women's title race, don't give her a really short match and not let her do very much. Phew, blimey. I'll just take a minute. I'm not, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, right then. Oh, God, it's Pretty Peter Avalon. He's been repackaged. Pretty Peter repackaged Avalon. He's now some kind of Lothario. And he's in his car. He's offering the person with the camera premium crackers, sausage and corn nuts. That's supposed to be funny, you see. The driver isn't very happy and throws him out for harassing his passengers. I'm not very happy because it's crap. Anyway. And you know what, Peter? You were a big, big guy wrestling from Arizona, weren't you? Wrestling from Hollywood you were even on, weren't you? Look what happens when you get to the bigger leagues. I think you were one of the first ones to be to be signed, and I think you thought this was going to be it for you. But no. Anyway. Big Swole. She's kind of been lost after her... after her... Um, her little programme with... Britt Baker, and I enjoy that little program. Calls herself Big Swole. She isn't massive. You'd expect someone with a name like that to look like China. She doesn't. Or at least Nia Jax or someone like that. It's an okay match. It's not bad at all. Big Swole can do it. She has attitude. She knows what she's doing. She's moving up in the rankings, and that's good. There's very little from from Kylin King. But Swole hit a nice flat liner into a very high, very singed back cloverleaf. There's nothing you can do when someone puts that on but to tap. Better. A better match. And here comes Darby Allen with the belts, calling Starks out, who goes over to see him. Out comes Brian Cage. But who's this? It's Cody Rhodes with an insider reference because he's got the headset on. And just in case you weren't sure, Taz tells you exactly what's going on. What's Rhodes doing here? He was there at the go position. He's running the go position. Why is he here? Insider, insider, insider. We're pulling the curtain back just for you. You marks. Boring, boring, boring. And finally, after such a tiring... Two hours, we get to the centerpiece, the main event, the mountain. It's Jack Evans versus Christopher Daniels. And for a young man versus older man match, this might be good. Although Jack Evans has been doing it for years as well. And it really is okay. Because they start at a slower pace. They jockey for position. They try and grab holds. Very nicely done. You've got um, Angelico on the outside and you've got Kazarian for Daniels. Angelico wants to get involved and Kazarian tries to stop him. Daniels hits a massive backdrop and Evans comes down on his head. As Taz says, I don't like it when you can hear the double thump. And that's the way it was. But it doesn't seem to have any immediate effects because he hits a very nice corkscrew kick from the top. He is... Taz says, a tad demented. Good analysis from Taz there. That's what you pay him for. In the end, Angelico helped and there was a backslide um, from Jack Evans, but into a really nice bridge where he put his feet on Daniels' legs so Daniels definitely couldn't get up. It's a lovely touch and Taz is delighted with it. Well, there we go. 
That's two hours in about 20 minutes. Couldn't do it any shorter than that. Could have forgotten some matches, but I wanted to show you just how many matches they've got. It's an interesting two hours because we get to see who's coming and going. But, you know, and who's not quite making it yet and who might make it. But I know they want to show us a lot of their roster. And they've got quite a lot of good people on their roster. But this didn't show that they had. This showed that they had quite a lot of wrestlers. Many of whom were very similar. They weren't allowed the chance to get over here. And that may be because they actually would have trouble getting over. What we need is half the matches, or even less, half the time maybe, or an hour and a half. A little bit of promos might be good. Let's see if they can do it on the stick. And then give them more time to try and get over. Sink or swim, baby. It's three and a half out of five, and that's because it was so odd. But AEW has a problem. On the bench, it's looking a bit thin. Ta-ta!